But my day is done Can't see the stars With the TV on No midnight hours Over the sound Of your crying Side by side On a moonless night You turn away From my embrace You had enough A loving tough That ain't your style Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And we're doing a quick check-in with a guy who's become one of my favorite musicians, and this is true, and you're going to hear me say that probably again this episode, Jay Cobb Anderson. From the band Fruition and, and TK. And the Holy Know Nothings featuring Taylor Kingman. Which you can go back a couple episodes and hear all about, but right now it's a quick check-in. Rob, we are... So honored that a band like Fruition would honor, would excuse me, would debut I'm a track. Honored to be honored by an honorable honor. <laughs> but one, but the big reason why we're able to do this is because we are associated and a member of Osiris. This is Aaron from No Simple Road. No Simple Road is part of the Osiris podcast family. We're a weekly podcast that brings you in-depth and open, honest conversations with the musicians, artists, authors, and luminaries of the psychedelic jam band, improvisational music, and festival communities. We bring you inside the lives of the four of us that do this show, myself, Melanie, Apple, and Ryder. We bring you onto the porch and what it's like to live inside the long, strange trip. So if you like to laugh, if you like to have fun, if you like to learn stuff, come hang out with the No Simple Road crew on the porch and listen to No Simple Road on the Osiris Podcast Network. That's right, the Osiris. The Osiris Podcast community and No Simple Road is a great podcast out of Portland where a lot of these uh, artists we've spoken with recently, the Shook Twins, the Fruition, TK and the Holy Know Nothings, a lot of great music coming out of, of Portland. And No Simple Road um, has its... Uh, Finger on the pulse there. Also very Grateful Dead oriented, very into the whole world of the Grateful Dead. That's uh, You were listening to them before Osiris now, because you're a yeah. big deadhead, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, they're known in the Grateful Dead community. So if, you're, if you haven't heard them, it's a very kind, warm uh, presence. You know what I mean? You feel like you're Smoking part of their family. Smoking in a van? Maybe, but you feel like you're part of the family when you're listening to the show. They're very, it's very welcoming. And they welcome you. Not yet. Not yet, no. I wouldn't welcome you. But I have a hard enough time welcoming you right here. There's only an elite couple of podcasts on the Osiris Podcast Network who who have the courage to have me on the show so far. This is true. Hey, speaking of uh, being polite and uh, welcoming to the family, thanks for asking, Rob. My dad is doing much better. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the new podcast on Osiris. Like Steve Silverman, David Crosby. Like uh, Chris Pandolfi's Inside the Musician's Brain. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's up with your dad? He, he no, had... no, we can talk about South Florida and Big Cypress, their big uh, episode uh, show that's coming out, too. But speaking yes. of South Florida, my father yes. is doing much he better He had a gallbladder yanked out of him or something like he that? He did. He did. He did. It was a major surgery. He's 84 years old. It so, was, so but he's, he's recovering. He's in rehab. He's and go- I told my mother, I, was, I knew my mom would be surprised that my father ended up in rehab before me. And he's gallus, unlike you. Mm-hmm. He's now gallus. Oh, yes. Because, in my opinion... You got a lot of gall. You're always out of breath talking. Am I? That's because I always think you're about to interrupt me. I've done well in my life. Okay. Well, we don't want to waste too long because this is one of our little mini episodes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great for you people with a short attention span who say, I don't have enough time, but you seem to have time for plenty of weird crap, but, oh, I don't have enough time to listen to an actual conversation. This is just a brief check-in with Jacob Anderson. <laughs> yes, brief check-in with I'm so excited. We're going to talk to, finally talking to Jacob Anderson. But I'm, 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 we're going to have more, a more extended interview with him in the future after when they're in, in, visiting Atlanta in the future. Speaking of Atlanta, Pole Clark is located out of Atlanta, Georgia. Pole Clark, your financial accounting and advisement firm. I always felt, I felt badly for him, or I felt bad for him, excuse me. Don't want the uh, Jefferson Waffle and the grammar police to get me. It's, I felt bad, unless you're bad at feeling things then it's badly anyway um he uh, is a big atlanta united fan and they got knocked out the soccer yeah. team that's too bad but you don't have to get knocked out come april go ahead and get your taxes organized by contacting pole clark p-o-l-a-y-c-l-a-r-k.com it's hard to sell a financial f- firm because a lot of the stuff is private but folks they care. They're, it's not just numbers and money to them. They care about you and your future. They try to pace things out so that if you have a big splash here, you'll still have money there. They're just a great organization. I think one of the best in the, na- in the nation. And speaking of the nation, the Nationals, congratulations to the Washington Nationals. The Nationals Montreal Expos franchise first ever World Series, even though I was rooting for the Houston Astros because of T-Dog, who is hopefully we're going to be honoring him, his holiday. <sighs> Hootin' Manny is coming up. Yes, it's that time of year, Seth. But um, you're listening to sports radio. The but much Turner. like when the Bruins lost to the St. Louis Blues, and when the Patriots lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, it takes a little of the hurt out of it when the other team's winning for the first time ever. Yeah. So the, the Super Bowl's over. I mean, that the, was uh, a World Series, World and that Series was a seven season. game. <laughs> Actually. At, for, it's great that it went seven, but as seven-game series go, it wasn't as exciting as, like, Cleveland-Chicago. I thought the most exciting thing was when Trump was booed. Yeah, and you know what? Presidents have been getting booed at sporting events <laughs> for years, so I don't really think it means anything. It's the fact that he, they chanted, lock him up, that oh, was hilarious. That's that pretty funny. But let's not get uh, into politics. But so. let's get one more thing out, and I want to thank Diamond Street Studios at downtown, uh, actually, Little Five Points, Atlanta, for being so warm and welcoming and helping us through so much. Spencer Garn, uh, also Harris Sullivan, thank you always for your help and your support and just for your texting. He can be fun to text with. And of course, our boy Cole Boudreaux. A little shout out. Um, and actually, it plays into this episode because here's what happened, folks. What? Oh my God, what? I sat down with Kellen Acebrook at uh, Terminal West at the Last Fruition show. To be released in a couple of months. Well, it was supposed to be released now, but you know, I have this way of getting musicians comfortable and talking, and he told us way too much about these new releases. And so our, our friend Josh, who is just one of the best, he's at Red Light Management, he is one of the most workable, best people of all these bands to work with. I really enjoy working with Josh. He requested that we hold that, and in exchange, he said, 
he gave me permission. I said, well, could we do a phoner with Jay Cobb and debut a track? And he said, yes, which is very nice, folks. This is very, very nice when bands do this. Because there'll be two days where you can only hear the track on our show. And, and uh, that will be at the end of the show. It's called Forget About You. And we might have a little bonus after it, too. But uh, en- enough from us. Seth? Shall we go ahead and give him a call? Let's give Jay Cobb Anderson a call. All right. On the phone right now, a musician who has quickly become one of my favorites, right, Seth? Yeah, you're just uh, drooling right now. It's Songwriter, so- performer, <laughs> instrumentalist, as a solo artist, of course with Fruition Band, and with a band that completely knocked us out of our socks on their really recent visit to Georgia, the TK and the Holy Know-Nothings with uh, Taylor Kingman. But we are now talking with Jay Cobb Anderson. Welcome. Hey! Welcome to Inside Out, Jay. Thank you very much. How y'all doing? Very, very well. Very well. Good. Actually, thanks for asking. Um, no, 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 no. He asked, Rob. It's gonna be like that, <laughs> be like that Budweiser commercial, you know, where the where the Southern guy walks in the New York bar and, <laughs> and they say, "How you right, doing?" and he goes, "I'm right." No, you don't want that. But listen, Jay. I, yeah, let's not do that. I take it back. I'm amazed at what a voluminous <laughs> songwriter you are. I, I believe at one point you went through a period where you were writing a song a day for over a yes. couple months? Yeah. I, w- I was trying to go for a year, but I ended up burning myself out and uh, kind of starting to drive myself a little crazy. But I got about I got about 98 songs out of uh, that. So I did like three three months and a little bit more, maybe. Wow. Are Just you- enough, about 100 songs out of that. Are you the kind of guy who keeps a notebook by your bed so if you if something comes up in a dream you can get it down right away? Uh yes. And also, uh, you know, nowadays you got the phone. The phone's actually a lot easier nowadays because then I don't have to wake up my lady, you know, you just pull the phone to the side and then I can just type in the idea. That type of deal. It's, it's but great. I used to sleep I used to I used to do it with the journal next to the bed all the time. But yeah, but I, I always have a journal in my pocket still and a pen. Hmm. So. Do, you prefer, do you prefer, do the words come out easier off pen or does it make a difference when you uh, put them on the phone? I think there's more of a flow and more of an in, like intention when you're actually physically writing it. So I'm, I like the pen and paper, mm-hmm. uh, but as time has gone on and when it comes to just things being a little bit easier and on hand, sometimes I will, you know, just revert to using the notes in the phone. And now my notes in my phone are quickly filling up way too much. So, <laughs> so when yeah. I, when I say that, uh, uh, when I reference a song t- coming, the kernel for a song coming to you in a dream, does that strike any particular songs of yours in particular in your head? Mm, not really. There's 
I haven't actually ever really had like song, like dream song thing, like the Keith Richards satisfaction riff thing ever really happen that I can that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I'm, I'm, it, pro- it probably could have at some point, but there's been so much stuff over the years that nothing sticks out to me. Um, but I do like there's a lot of times like songs that come out really fast sometimes are the best ones that feel like that, like you're not even writing, you know, that you mm. feel like you're just actually more discovering. <laughs> I'll never say your name. Would that be one? What's that? I'll never say your name. The straight ahead rock song from the last record. Oh yeah. I'll never say your name uh, or I'll never sing your name. Uh, yes, that was, sorry. Uh, that was a, uh, that was a pretty quickly written one, but like I think I wrote that song in about in about an hour. So, I feel yeah. it's like asking Robert Hunter about trucking or talking to Robert Hunter about trucking because it's clearly like your most well known song, but it is such a direct and awesome rock and roll song, and it's one I think I'll I'll be singing till the day I die. I it, you, that's you, beautiful. It is true, but you'll be singing with the wrong lyrics, apparently. I guess I know it's, that's fine. <laughs> but but as I've said before, it, it totally reminds me of my divorce. Um, but let me ask you this. When you're a songwriter, here's the extremes. Totally autobiographical, you're the voice of the song, versus totally vicarious, you're speaking through another person, right? And mo- many of them are, right. to some extent, somewhere in between those, right? Absolutely. So if one is more on the biographical side of it, are you more likely to have that one be a, on your solo project? Do you feel like if, you're, if it's more distance from you, you're more likely to want other people to have their hand in it and kind of play with it? And then if it's more about you, that you more want it just to be like yours? Absolutely not. Oh. And, someti- and sometimes, sometimes maybe even the opposite of that, which is interesting. But um, Wow. No, no, I totally feel like, especially with fruition, like a lot of, you know, everything that I've shared with the band is, has always been stuff that I think is like some of the strongest material. That's what I usually try and do is just like push out stuff that I think is going to work with the band. And that I think like songs that I think that will benefit from having, you know, the fruition labor all over it. Um, but yeah, I never, I never look at it as unless it is, unless it's like, super stripped down like personal type of deal which which happens you know but even but even then i i think as as we get as we like progress as a band i i could see more of that stuff starting to happen in our in our band too so i don't i don't think there's any lines like that well i get the the uh idea that you're collaborating more than you guys used to or, or each with each record successive record it's more about collaboration and less about one of you bringing a song and the others just sort of interpreting it is that true right yes that's absolutely true and this this one more than ever um all right before we talk more about the record i just want to point out you have a new year's run through oregon and washington uh, coming up, it ends at Revolution Hall in PDX, uh, fruitionband.com, folks, to check that out. You're also co-headlining with the California Honey Drops Ooh. at Mission Ballroom, which is a brand mm-hmm. new venue in Denver. Denver, Colorado. That's a Hell nice yeah. one. That's January 17th, folks. Um, right, and that's that's uh, right up. You guys just played Red Rocks, so that that's great to tie those uh, so close together. Yeah, we're very excited about that. 
about that show. And we're also having a Mama Magnolia is going to be opening up that night too. So big room. It's going to be a whole the whole family event. Mm-hmm. And what's this Emerald Lagasse's Boot and Bourbon and Beers in New Orleans? Man, we got that gig, and I was I was just pumped right off the bat. Number one, that it's called Bourbon and Boudin because Boudin is like my favorite food of all time. What is that? So, it's like American poutine. So Boudin is like it's like uh, basically there's no other way to say it. I guess it's just like a pig intestine that's stuffed with like spiced rice and onions and peppers, and usually either crawfish uh, or pork. Hmm. I'd eat that. It, looks, and it sounds like and it looks just like, like you, Rob. <laughs> and you like, <laughs> and a, a lot of people suck it out of the out of the intestine, but some people chew on the intestine too. It's like it's like totally classic Louisiana food, and I just I love Louisiana. I love Cajun food. Like every time we go to Louisiana. I'm in, everybody knows instantly. I'm like, I got to stop and get some boudin, y'all. Let's do this. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like that looks like an amazing event. I'm really stoked about it. But more the most, the thing that I'm stoked the most about is eating some boudin. <laughs> do you think the intestine chewers would be more inclined to fruition music, or do you think the non-intestine chewers? I I hope that we get a little bit of both. You know. <laughs> It'll be a very intense tint yeah, set there. They're intense. Although yeah. it'll be super, super, super fueled, though. Look for that, guys. Also, they're hitting uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas, fruitionband.com. And I want to ask you now about this new uh, release. Now, you released the single, uh, one, of uh-huh. Mi- one of Mimi's songs, and the title track. Yes. And you're self promoting, uh, pr- excuse me, self producing. Same thing. After having worked with some yeah. amazing producers. Ah. Right. So how was that going into well, the studio without the watchful eyes of these amazing uh, producers? Well, we've only really worked with one producer, um, and that was, that was Tucker Martin, who you're referring to, I'm sure. He's phenomenal. Um, but before him, we, we self-produced uh, Labor of Love, and we self-produced uh, the album before that, which is called Just One of Them Nights. But with this, so with this one, it wasn't all that different other than the fact that um, our drummer, Tyler Thompson, who, who also helped engineer this album, had learned a bunch of new tricks from Tucker. Uh, you know, like a couple of uh, compressors and, you know, geeky stuff. To, to make things sound in like more in the way that we want them to and in the way that like Tucker achieved. So, so there was a little bit, it was a little bit, uh, it was a mix of both of those things. And plus working with a producer like Tucker Martin, like shows you really what a producer does and how to get to your end result, hopefully in a smoother way and realize your idea a little more. So I think it was, it was great. It was also, it, it also is kind of, it can be difficult too, you know, because we're a band that's around each other constantly and producers are good at being able to criticize performances 
and being able to kind of coerce a good, a better performance out of an artist. And that can be difficult when you're the dude who's been sitting next to the person in the van for the last month. Right. You know, yeah, you're yeah. like, Hey, you can sing that better. Do it again. They're like, you right, know, right. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the song, just... I don't know if I can go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry I don't know if I, I didn't know if I could cuss on this. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Come on. But even okay, the, even cool. choosing the songs, you have so many songs. All three of you are prolific songwriters, and you have to narrow it down to, I guess, fourteen or so. Is that can that right. be contentious? Yes, that can be that can be a that can be a tricky, but that can be a tricky thing. But most of the time, that you know, that's all figured out before we go into the studio and start recording. You know, picking the songs is. We usually give that like a month or two months, and it's like here's here's a batch of stuff. Let's go through it and see what what can make a great album, you know. But then after that, it's just like the actual production part is a whole other game. So, but it felt it felt good to do it ourselves. I still kind of missed having having that in between, like uh, voice just there. The moderator, but, you know, the median. Yeah, the moderator. It's nice. Do you think you might do something where every other album you self-produce, get a producer, self-produce, get a producer? I could see that happening. Uh, I would definitely, I definitely would feel like for the next release, it would be really nice to have a producer. But yeah, and maybe that is the way to go. Nice, nice suggestion. That or see about the budget. Or, <laughs> it's more about yeah. budget, right? Also. Yeah. It is about budget, yeah. That is that is definitely part of it. Making money is um, not part of the music business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lofty so, ideal. Yeah, we're just making music, <laughs> not money. <laughs> well, Wild as the Night is the is the name of the CD, and it's the name of Mimi's track that you debuted. But now we're debuting "Forget About You," and I have an, an initial theory. And before I say you're this, full of theories today for a fan. You're being super fan today, but you're very full of theories. Well, one thing you got to keep in mind, Jay, is that our listeners like when we get smacked down. So if this is totally wrong, uh, you you right. Welcome. But here's the thing: when you fall in love with someone, you can become addicted to them, right, Seth? Oh my God, tell me about it. And <laughs> then, then when you have to get rid of the addiction, it's called a divorce, and you, they're very expensive, but they're really worth it. You, oh God, <laughs> they're a bargain. <laughs> At least mine was. Um, but um, you need to replace the addiction with another addiction. Is that not correct? Or with something? No, that happens. Habits, same thing. Yeah. You, know, you replace a hab- The best way to replace a habit is by making a new habit. So it seems healthier, like hopefully this song is about pulling yourself out of the despair and searching for things to help make you forget or the voice of the song forget about whatever the whoever the person has lost. What's your theory? I just said it. Huh. Did you get it, Jay? If you didn't get it, you might not have gotten it. Yeah, I got it. All right. That's that seems that seems pretty pretty on point there. <laughs> I would say I would say you're pretty you're pretty damn close. Um I guess more, it's, it's hard to say though. You know what I mean? Like songs, that, if that's what it means to you, that's great. Um, at the same time, that was one of those songs that I wrote that song like while I, in between the time of lighting up a cigarette and putting it out. Like it was like five minutes I wrote that song and I didn't even have a guitar or anything. I just wrote a bunch of words down and that's what came out. So, 
I don't know. That's one of those that, like, I feel like I just kind of pulled it out of, you know, it was like just discovered it rather than wrote it, you know? So, yeah, I guess it could be about that. It feels like it, that feels really dead on to me. How much do you, um, how do you feel about what people interpret of your songs? Uh, do you, do you care that people really get what you meant when you wrote it? Or are you just comfortable with people just once it's out there, it's everybody else's kind of idea. Right. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I've gone back and forth, uh, over the years, but it it used to really frustrate me when I was younger, when, when things would be misinterpreted. Uh, and, uh, I guess I just kind of stopped really caring (laughs) all that much. And just like, you know, as, as an artist, you just got to kind of keep making your art. And if you get too focused on how people are going to see it, then you're, you're completely ruining the whole point of the thing. So, yeah, I guess I don't think too much about that anymore. And then what about when you're writing a song? Do you feel you're writing it because for you, for your release, or are you writing it with hope that it's, you know, I'm writing this for others to get through? Or are you writing it to fill up a, a role in your live, uh, eventual live performances of it? Fill All up- of those reasons. All of those reasons. And then also, also sometimes just because it's cathartic too. It's like, a, and it also sometimes just like it's a habit and, or sometimes I feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah. It's therapeutic, but it's also like, sometimes I feel guilty because I haven't written anything a long time. And then I'm like, shit, I need to write something. Let's, you know, but like, and then it, that's like writing for the wrong reasons, but I, I don't think there's any wrong time to write really. Like just writing is always, good if you're a writer <laughs> right right no i'm telling you, you know? right right <laughs> so what about in portland now there's a lot more writers there maybe rob's probably got this question queued up in his head but uh are you writing are there some writing parties taking place and are you doing more collaborative writing well i have actually not been living in portland for the last year oh. i moved to denver uh, and hmm. i mean i moved i moved to denver on november 1st of a year ago, 2000, 2018, and November first. Now of two thousand nineteen, I officially live in Seattle, Washington. Whoa! Whoa. Look at Whoa. that. Who's Seattle? That I, one coming? I'm going back to the Northwest. Um, and but no, when it comes to like co-writing, I definitely try and do that with uh, with folks that I can, you know, that I'm interested with you know, interested in writing with a lot of the time. It's just like my buddies around me, you know, like with the fruition folks, like I'll do some writing, but also like with TK, um, from like Taylor Kingman from TK and the Holy No Nothings, we do a lot of co-writing together. Um, but there's other people too, like my buddy, Brad Parsons. I've written a lot yeah. with him over the years. He's he here. Brad. We got him. Yeah. We love Brad. He's going to be on our show. soon. Yeah, dude. I know he's he's. I grew up with that dude. He's like so up together. And Looks like it's, like it's got to be a natural kind of thing where you get together with. I don't know. I'm I'm interested in trying in challenging myself to write with more people, but it's got to be people that I'm interested in writing with. I think at this we, point we challenged you too, so now you're double challenged. Nice uh, double challenge. Thank you. 
All right, before before I ask the last question, I just want to say I, I, you're moving to Seattle. I hope you like rain. I hope you like coffee, and, and I hope you like football teams that give away Super Bowls. And depression. <laughs> I guess that's the same thing. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Didn't hurt me. I so, do like rain and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> So the last question is, this is a very concise, excellent studio track, and I know that that's what you're, you're more going about the song in the studio setting. But I do know, notice, and we talked about this with Kellen a little, that they're stretching out a little more and more with fruition. Not, not a jam band, not saying that, but at least stretching. This song, seems like, uh-huh. this song seems like you could get aggressive and then come back to the song. It seems like you could go off in a little aggressive instrumental kind of to underscore the anxiety of this of the lyric and then come back to it is any chance of anything like that it's possible you never know as of now i as of now it's kind of not something that i've i've thought about at all uh i feel like uh i feel like the song's pretty much all there so we might just do it like that for a while you never know but things could change who knows well, you need to come back to Atlanta soon. You've really got a great fan base here. Uh, you, uh, you know, you've played some incredible shows here. You've had some great opening slots. You've debuted a lot of things here. We really appreciate it. We Absolutely. Hope, we hope you make it a regular stop. We hope that when TK, I know there's another record coming. Is that true? Who is there? And you're, Indeed. Uh, and Indeed. Mo- whereas the first one was mostly him, this one will be more collaborations, right? Uh, there'll be some more. There's going to be some co-write stuff on there from me and him. Um so yeah, I'm excited about that. But yeah, that that that's coming out. That's coming along. I, I can't say I don't know when, but hmm. we're well, working I, on it. I wish you a lot of luck with uh, being able to balance both bands because both bands are fantastic. And yes. that's uh, you know, thank you. They're not side projects. You know what I mean? Like they're they're right. Phenomenal work. So yeah, no bullshit, Jay. You're a thank br- you. You're a brilliant performer. You're fun to watch. You're fun to listen to. It's just great seeing you guys. I I hope the best for you. I can't wait to watch you grow because I know it's coming. Now do us a favor. Will you will you please introduce this track? And that's how we'll end. We'll throw to the track. Absolutely. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Once I just want to say thank you. Um, you want me to introduce the track? Uh, are we talking about Forget About You? Yep. Yeah, we are. Okay. All right. You, you forgot. You are. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, you're just about to hear a song called Forget About You. Does that work? <laughs> and the name of the record? Oh, the record. Uh, you're just about to hear Forget About You from Wild as the Night. Thanks for talking to us from the van, my man. We appreciate it. We know you're on the way Thank to the gig. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Yes, yes. Hopefully I'll see you on Monday in uh, Colorado. And, and say hi to Bernie. Hell yeah. And tell Jeff if he needs any video work in the future, I'm, I'm his guy. <laughs> Shaky hand, okay. Rob. All right, take care. Drive Will safe. Will do. All right. Much love, y'all. Peace. I was listening to the freeway land. Smoking with my shadow in the street light Back to the same old tricks again Trying to find a reason, trying to find a friend Finally up past that Virginia line They told me that the weather here would suit me fine But it's cold as hell and now the grass is dead And here come the demons dancing in my head Just a little more, now to help me through. Just.
Everybody seems to have a past to go. I keep thinking the dude, but I still don't know. I can't tell if it's ever gonna end. Just cutting up my thoughts when that highway bends. Try not to think about it all that much. Rolling with the punches, try to still stand up. Turning my back on the ones I should hold. All this fast living just getting old. Hey, you still listening? You still listening? Look, uh, we really love fruition. We're not kidding. And uh, the last time they were in Atlanta, you know, Mimi's from Atlanta, Seth. As as people who listen Shh. to our episode, are we still whispering. Are we sorry. Mimi uh, debuted a song called "Playing on Words." It's from their Forty Five series, Volume Two. Yeah, I just listened to it. It's great. I got to I got to see him sound check it and work through it while I was waiting to interview Taylor and uh, and Kingman and. Um, it's it, you know it was really beautiful. It was really nice, and it was for Atlanta. They debuted in Atlanta. So maybe we share it with everyone right now. Let's let's play it. Let's play. It. Thanks for listening. We love you, our listeners, almost as much as we love fruition. And uh, we kind of started doing it so we could just be releasing more music. Because nowadays it's weird to get caught up in shit with like management and stuff. They're like, hey, you need to put an album out. You need to like, we want to put albums out, but we want to just keep putting music out. So we started doing this 45 thing. So we could make we could make singles and release them digitally. And we're selling 45s here. We're only selling them in our shows with with a limited amount of pre-sale that you can get online too. But uh, so the next 45 album will have that last song on it and this next one, which we have never ever played in front of people before. So we're, we're debuting it right here in Atlanta. It's written by Miss Mini Naja over here, Atlanta's own. Couldn't be a more appropriate spot to debut it.
my favorite Mimi song. It's been we've been trying to, we've been trying to play that we've been trying to record that song and play it for years. And we finally we finally figured it out. So.